Hey, welcome everybody. We thank you so much for coming and joining us and for singing along with uh, Derek with our worship team. Hey, we're just glad to have you here. Uh, it was mentioned earlier at our 9 o'clock service how that, you know, the temperatures are uh, beginning to warm up a little bit and uh, spring perhaps is, is on its way. I saw a meme the other day on Facebook. It had a picture of uh, there was this groundhog and superimposed over the picture. It said, I, I told y'all, <laughs> you know, he saw his shadow. So he's like, hey, showed you what was coming. And we just didn't believe it with all the winter weather that we've been having. But hopefully everybody has been able to stay warm and you've been able to uh, make it. Uh, it's been a lot worse in other areas of the state, other areas of the country. Uh, I know that uh, I saw a, my cousin, a cousin this weekend who lives out in Dallas and uh, he said that one morning he woke up and it was 45 degrees in his apartment. Uh, they didn't have, you know, he didn't have any power. And so it's been a lot, uh, a, lot of, a lot of stuff going on over the last uh, week, week and a half. So our prayers continue to be with those who are, who are digging out of all of that. But we're so glad to have you here. Uh, I saw my cousin because uh, my aunt, his, his mother, had passed away this last week. And so I was in Alabama this weekend for uh, that that funeral, and uh, it, it was a reminder to me of the legacy that has been laid out uh, before me. Uh, my aunt, my mom's uh, only sister, older sister, um, had, had died, and one of the things that was brought up in the conversations about her life was that even though she was in her 80s, uh, she had a um, devotional book that she kept there uh, at her chair, and she was reading through Scripture every, every day, and it was something that was very important to her. And I, I thought about, well, you know, I've seen her do that. Um, I, I've seen my, my own mom. I know she's got uh, a Bible that is just all marked up, and the, the ink is fading, and I've seen her making notes in that. And, and, and I look back, and I see how that they, they picked up that, that great habit from their mother, my my grandmother, who when she was in her 80s, I remember going in and she'll be sitting there at her kitchen table and she would have her Bible open and uh, a work study book from church maybe that she had there beside her and, and she would be making notes and she'd be getting ready for her Bible class that she was going to be going in and participating in. And, and in my office, I have a couple of spiral bound notebooks that she took uh, to worship service with her and the different classes and, and the different notes and, and there in, in, in that handwriting that is so familiar to me, I, 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 I see the different things that she has written down and right next to, you know, the recipe for banana bread. There's something that is, that is there from Ephesians, and it's like, oh, this is wonderful. Yeah, you know, food for the body and food for, and food for the soul. Uh, but I just saw what, what, a, what a heritage and a legacy have been left for me when it comes just to, to opening up God's Word. And I hope that you're looking forward to, to doing that today because it's fallen out of, out of habit and, and just out of style with a lot of people. Even though there's Bibles everywhere, you can pick one up, it seems, no matter where you go. You can even get it on your phone. I've got uh, it here on my iPad as well. But, but just having a Bible really doesn't do a lot of good. And, and there are a lot of questions that people have. And people are wondering, you know, how do I have financial peace in today's economy? And how can I succeed at my job without failing my family? And how about the secrets to, to marriage and, and raising kids? And how do I deal with tragedy? And people are going, you know, I'd just love to be able to pray better. And, and what about if I decide to follow Jesus? What is he all about? And what is the purpose of my life? All of these different questions that are out there. 
And people are forgetting the fact that God's word speaks to all of these things. We used to go to the library or maybe books a million. Now we just Google or ask Alexa. But the Bible contains real words with real advice, with real instruction, from real inspiration for real people. And it's meant to change us. I like the words of author Robert Chapman. He described the Bible in a meaningful way when he said, This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Read it to be wise. Practice it to be holy. It's a traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. But we understand that just because we have a Bible... And just because we occasionally perhaps read it, it doesn't mean we're going to get any benefit from it. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to go to a book in your Bible, book of James. We've been kind of camping out here over the last few weeks. And we're going to camp out in chapter 1. And we're just going to let James be his practical self and give us a few different steps on how we can be blessed by the Word of God. Now here's the first thing. If you want to take pictures of the different slides, that'll be up. That'll be great. Here's the first thing. We need to be willing to receive God's word if we are actually going to be blessed by God's word. James is going to give the illustration as he goes through and talk about this kind of like a, a gardener planting seed. And throughout scripture, you might remember that the message of God is often talked about in terms or compared to being a seed. Jesus would talk about the parable of the sower and said the word of God is a seed and it's planted in our hearts. Now think about it though. How can you take the same seed and you plant it here in this soil and then you take it there and plant it again and yet you get different types of crops. You, you get different types of growth. Well, it all has to do with the soil. And it's the same way when you take the word of God and you can place it into two different people. You put them in the same service with the same message. One person gets blessed by it and the other person leaves going, I got nothing out of that. What's the difference? Well, one person's heart is prepared and, and one person's heart was not. James says in verse 21 of chapter 1 that we need to accept the word that is planted within us. And, and that word accept, Amy Marcus loves this word because it, it, it's a Greek word that means hospitality. It talks about to welcome. It talks about to welcome. I want you to think about the welcome that you receive whenever you, you come here on our campus and the way that we've got people, you know, spread out around. And we want people to feel welcome. We want people to feel like that we are glad that you are here. And James says, this is how you are to receive the message from God. This is how you're to go about it. It's the attitude that you're supposed to have as you welcome it into your life. But to do so, he says there's a couple of things that need to take place. You need to clean out your ears. He says, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. And the word filth is actually a word that means earwax. Yeah, it's a word that means earwax. And, and so he's saying, look, you have sin in your life that blocks you from being able to hear the message of God. And so even though, guys, you're sitting in here this morning or you're watching online, there is this sin component in our lives that serves as a barrier to hearing what the Spirit wants to impart to you today. And so he says, look, you need to clean your ears out. You need to get rid of the filth. You need to get rid of those things that are serving to block the message of God into your life. And he says you also need to seed your will so that you can humbly accept the word of God that is planted in you. He says don't act like you know it all. God's word can't get through to you in that case. You need to be praying, God, 
What do you want me to see as I read through your word? What do I need in my life? If you want to be blessed by the word, you first have to be willing to receive that word. And then you have to take the time to reflect on it. James says in verse 23, Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself immediately goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. You know, today we have Bible translations in, in, in more language than any other time in, in our history. Uh, we, we have all kinds of Bible helps and, and study guides, and we have commentaries, and there are videos online. All of these things are at our disposal. And yet, do people really know the Bible? Have all of these things actually made a difference? Because despite the fact that the Bible remains the best, number one seller out there, there is still an overwhelming amount of biblical illiteracy in our world today, and even within the people of God. And I think there's some reasons for this. A few years back, Abilene Christian University published a book on the nature and function of Scripture, and they identified at least three different reasons for biblical illiteracy in our generation. And the first is our soundbite culture. Now, we've seen this with our political season, right? And how you never get to hear the full message or the full context of any of the people running for office. It's always a quick soundbite that you get on the news or something that comes across your social media feed. We get brief and concise statements that emphasize a, a certain point. But here's what's happening. All of this audio and video technology is quickly replacing our ability to follow linear reasoning on a printed page. Because we're so used to getting things in short bits. And so we're losing our ability to think and to reason. So just give me a brief overview of God's word. But don't expect me to sit down and to actually open up these pages and to be able to sit and to concentrate and to be able to follow what the scripture is saying. I would like for somebody else to give me the truths. Just little bits at a time. Now, another barrier is the unfamiliar language of Scripture. Now, the, the words that were penned in the Bible centuries ago were penned in a foreign language, and even though we can read it in our own language, we're still talking about a different time and a different culture, and we're encountering those, encountering those things that are sometimes unfamiliar, and so we back away from Scripture because it just seems like such a daunting task. Because despite the convenience of all the different modern translations, we're still reading about people who had different customs and who lived in different times. And there is the danger that we just step back and say, I would prefer somebody else to tell me what all this means because that was a different time, a different place, and I just want to leave this in the hands of the professionals. The third reason that they pointed out was that past experiences have just discouraged many people from Bible study. I mean, too often Bible classes have failed to demonstrate the relevance of the Bible in people's lives. And people have, have been a part of, of classes that have consisted of, of mind-numbing trivia that all too often never connects to real life. They know about kings and they know about cities, but how does this impact my marriage? And I believe this wholly. It is a sin to make the Bible boring. It is a sin to make scriptures boring. To make the message of God boring, that it doesn't jump out, that it doesn't grab us, that it doesn't shake us. And I feel that weight every time that, I, that I'm here before you. So let me add a fourth reason that we, we, don't, we don't engage. I think it's because of fear. I think a lot of people just don't read the Bible because they're afraid that they're going to find something in it that God is going to say, you need to change. 
hey, hey, I need you to adjust something. I need you to, I need you to, to give something over to me. And there's a fear because of that, because we really don't want to see ourselves as we really are. And so James uses this fantastic illustration of a mirror. And he says, look, it's like that mirror that's sitting right there in front of you, and, and you look at it, but then you walk away. And I've got to be honest, the older I get, the less I want to go and look in a mirror, right? I mean, there was a time when I was my son's age, you know, 15, 16. Man, I love looking in the mirror. And I, I looked good. I had hair. Um, I, I, oh, you think I'm talking about up here? I'm talking about right here. <laughs> yeah, I had a mustache. Man, I was, I was happening. I was looking good. And I wanted to see how things looked in the mirror. But now, the older I get, I just want to bypass it. I don't want to see what I look like now. And maybe that's the problem for us. It's the problem that we're having in our spiritual life. We, we don't want to see ourselves as God says we really we really are. But we've got to be willing to reflect on God's word. And we have to do that so that we can respond to it. James says, look, you've got to respond to the word of God if you want there to be a blessing. There has to be an action that comes from it. Verse 22, do not merely listen to the word. You've got to do what it says. You've got to put it into practice. What good is a mirror if you, if you walk by and look and then you, you, do, you do nothing? The word for listen there is a word that means audit. And some of you in college might have audited a class. And, and if you remember that, that just means that you didn't get credit for it. You just got to show up and you just got to listen. You didn't have to worry about any tests. You didn't have to worry about turning in anything. Hey, you didn't have to go. I mean, you just got some information, you know, and you just audited that. You can put it on your resume. It all looks nice. But you weren't planning on putting it to any use in your life. That wasn't necessarily the purpose. And, and James says, look, there's got to be this intention that you are going to respond to it because... I'm afraid that we've got a lot of auditors in the church. Individuals that come to church, walk in, hear the word of God, walk out, and have zero intent of ever being changed. James says it's self-deception. It is self-deception when you do not let the word of God change you. We think that it's just about gaining more content, that that makes us spiritually mature. But the test of maturity is not knowledge. The test of maturity is character. There are a lot of people who have great Bible knowledge but are spiritual weaklings. We need to put it into practice. We need to put it into my life. So let's say that you guys, because you love me, you say, Chris, look, you, you, you've been here for, for 10 years now, and, and we've just noticed that, I mean, you've lost hair while you're here. You've gained weight while you're here. You're just not the same guy that you used to be. And, and we're really getting concerned with how you look in the mirror. We're worried about your health. And so because you love me, you go and you, you get an Arnold Schwarzenegger bodybuilding book that you give to me. And you tell me this book is going to change your life. It's fantastic. It's changed the lives of millions of people. And you, you, you guys say, hey, look, we're going to give you a six-month sabbatical just to work on your health. All right? And so I, I go, and I, I, I love you guys. I, I appreciate you looking out for my health. So I take that book, and I go away for six months. And I come back. And I look the same. Nothing has, has changed. And so you come to me and you say, well, what happened? Didn't you read the book? And I said, well, yeah. I read the book. I really enjoyed it. In fact, it's one of, one of the greatest books, if not the greatest book I've ever read. I enjoyed it so much, I even got some of my friends together. I'd invite them over to my house. And we got together every once in a while. And we'd have, we'd have a little meal. And we'd sit around. And we would talk about the book. 
and, and, and we, would, we would discuss the different things that were said. We got into the entomology of the word, and, and we were going to see what each word meant and what, what Arnold was talking about and, and how it related to what he had done when he was growing up in Austria and then when he came to the United States and, and then how he still used it when he was in California and what it could mean right now here in my life. And I tell you that I, I, I highlighted different areas in there. I memorized different portions. I even went to bed and spent hours studying it before I went to sleep. Guys, how often do we do that with the Word of God? You know, we give awards for memorizing Scripture. I used to get them when I was a kid. I get a little star. Put on a little chart in my Sunday school class. We don't give awards out for doing Scripture, do we? We get a plaque that says, I read through the Bible, but I don't get one that says, I live the Bible. We need to mark our Bibles, and I know a lot of you guys do. We need to mark our Bibles, but more than that, we need to let the Bible mark us. It's not about how many times you go through the Word of God. It's about how many times you allow the Word of God to go through you. See, you've got to be a doer of the Word, having... Just having knowledge is not enough. Having knowledge about being a bodybuilder and, and sculpting my physique, you know, and, and, and just getting healthy is not going to be enough. Just because you can quote Scripture does not mean that you are living Scripture. And I think the simplest definition of maturity is just to be a doer of the Word. I mean, that's what it means to, to, be, to be mature. You do what the Bible says. And, and the, the fact is, every single one of us, I think, knows more spiritual truth than what we actually put into practice. I mean, I, we got some Bible knowledge, folks. But what about the practice? And so here's what I think James is saying to us, where he's focusing in. He's asking, what are you doing with what you already know? What are you doing with it? You know, there's an untapped blessing that's right in front of you. It's sitting there on your nightstand. It's on an app in your, on your phone. You've got a spiritual smorgasbord at your fingertips. And so I want to give you a Hebrew word that you can chew on this week. It's called dagah, and it's translated as meditate in Psalm chapter or Psalm 1. It's the phrase that describes the, the blessed man or woman who, whose delight is in the law of the Lord on which they meditate dagah day and night. You also find in Joshua chapter 1 when the Lord tells Joshua, look, you need to make sure that you, that, that you keep the law of Moses. He says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate it. Doggaw on it day and night so that you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. Doggaw. It's meditate. It's a word that's frequently used to, to focus in on the type of writing that, that deals with our souls. But meditate is too, is too tame of a word because when I think of meditate, I think of being in, in some maybe dark cathedral and there's some candles around and there's some nice incense and, and I'm sitting there and om, meditate. But the word is far more visceral. Isaiah uses doggone in a totally different way. In his prophetic book, chapter 31 and verse 4, we get a glimpse of what the word truly means when he writes... When a strong young lion stands growling, dog-gawing over a sheep that is killed, it is not frightened by the shouts and noise of a whole crowd of shepherds. The lion is lost in his kill. 
He's not worried about the approaching shepherds. He's not worried about if anybody's going to come and do anything to him. He's completely focused on consuming his prey. And that's the word when the psalmist said, look, you need to doggah and you need to meditate on the word of God. It's this idea of chewing. It's this idea of completely being lost in the moment. I compare it to a bone-in ribeye that I enjoyed years ago at Disney's Epcot. I was on, in the Canadian section of the park and I ate lunch at Les now that's French, the French people just have a great way of making things that don't really sound good sound good, you know? Le cellier. It means the cellar, all right? I ate at the cellar. I ate in the cellar. The cellar steakhouse. But let me tell you, the cellar steakhouse, man, this steak was good. And this steak wasn't just good. This steak was slap your mama good. I mean, it was, it was that good. And when I savored every bite, I then attacked the bone. And Tanya and the kids, they were embarrassed by me sitting there with the sounds that I was making as I was gnawing on that bone and just, mmm, this is so good. And I enjoyed it so much, I wanted to share it with them. I took it out of my mouth and I said, Micah, you've got to try this, right? And I, and I said, Tanya, you, you want some of this? And, and Emily, and Emily was like, Dad, that is so gross. And it was so good. It was dakah. Our Hebrew ancestors frequently called on others to become lost in the words of God. Chewing, savoring, growling, moaning over every word. In Eat This Book, A Conversation in the Art of Spiritual Reading, Eugene H. Patterson writes, Christians feed on Scripture. Holy Scripture nurtures the holy community as food nurtures the human body. Christians don't simply learn or study or use Scripture. We assimilate it. We take it into our lives in such a way that it gets metabolized into acts of love, cups of cold water, missions into all the world, healing and evangelism, and justice in Jesus' name, hands raised in adoration of the Father, feet washed in the company of the Son. Do you want to make a difference in this world? Then receive, reflect on, and respond to God's Word. Scripture was meant to be consumed by our soul, not just carried in our pocket. Lose yourself in the Word of God and don't allow all of the outside noise of life to distract you from being blessed by hearing God speak. The world needs to experience the difference brought on by a people who regularly gnaw the bone and who get deep into the Word of God. A person who daily gnaws in order to taste and to see that the Lord is good. We're going to talk about some specifics that we can do when it comes to getting into the scripture here in, in just a few moments. Uh, but before that, we're, we're going to sing Humble Yourselves in the Sight of the Lord together. Uh, we're not saying that you've changed that song. Build Your Kingdom. We're going to sing Build Your Kingdom. Um, that's what I really meant. Uh, we're going to sing Build Your Kingdom uh, and it's going to be, again, a prayer that we're praying as we think about God's Word working through us and the impact that it's going to have in the world around us. Um, you know, we don't, at the end of messages anymore, because of COVID issues, we're not asking people to come forward and to have different response time. But we do want you to know that in our prayer room, in the lobby, that there is an elder who will be there and be able to have a one-on-one -on -one prayer opportunity with you. There is also the opportunity for you to, um, uh, to text prayer to a, um, to a specific uh, number, guys. We're going to be able to, um, uh, to put that up 
on the screen for everybody to see. I know we had it up last week. I don't know if everybody was able to, um, uh, to write that down or not. We'll see if that, if that doesn't come up on the screen. We'll make sure to um, email it out again. There we go. Uh, text prayer to 423-455-5530. Uh, once you do that, you'll get a response back asking you to send in a prayer request. One of our elders will respond to you today. Again, it's just a way for us to get information to one another um, about prayer needs that we have because we don't want anybody to leave without having someone to be able to pray with them. Or if you have a need where you say, you know what, I'd love to baptize into Christ. I would love to be able to, to put into practice these things that I have read and be obedient to God's call on my life. We want you to have the opportunity to do that. And, and you can let that be known through that text or as you talk to the elder back in, in the back. Uh, but we're going to, um, like I said, we're going to sing, sing a prayer as we close out this time. And then I'm going to invite some people to join us in our living room here and talk about some specifics that we can use to be able to go deeper in to the Word of God. Father, thank you so much for giving us your Word. May we not just read it, but Father, may we assimilate it. May we chew on it. May it become a part of our lives as we gnaw and suck out the marrow of your spiritual direction. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Like you said, they're a great song to um, kind of capture what it is that we're trying to, to talk about. And I just want to take about 10 minutes for us to uh, be able to, to dig a little bit deeper into some ways that we can put this into practice. And I've asked some people to come and, and, to, and to join me today. Uh, you know, we're not able to do our classes like we used to just because of, again, not being able to spread everybody out um, adequately. And, uh, but there was a time when we'd get together and we'd have a lot of discussion in different class environments. And, and so tonight, or today, I've asked uh, to come up to the couch, and I'm still seeing if they're coming. Yes, you guys come. Uh, Michael Etheridge, Kate Sons, and Megan Deal are going to come and, and join me. And I've asked them to come so that we can... Uh, be able to hear a little bit different perspective. And you guys can pick up a, a microphone as you are, are coming down. Uh, Michael is the father of, of two. Uh, he's a part of our welcome team. And uh, Kate, she is one of our YAC members. She's graduating in May and going to be heading off to med school. Um, so uh, Kate, as you're sitting here looking at the stage, she's sitting on the right here in the, on the couch. On the left is Megan Deal. Uh, Megan has been serving uh, for the la little over the last year as our youth ministry apprentice. She has, um, while she's been here, finished her Master's of Divinity at uh, Lipscomb. And now she's going to be moving to Nashville. Uh, she's going to be leaving us. This is actually uh, Megan's last Sunday uh, with us. And it was like, all right, you, you can't go anywhere before we get you on the comfy couch up here uh, to be able to... Uh, to say, number one, we want to say thank you for uh, the time that you have been here, for the way that you've been able to build relationships uh, with those in our youth ministry, and uh, for the way in which, especially during this COVID season, that uh, you've been able to help uh, keep everybody kind of uh, connected together. Over the last few months, Megan has been instrumental in having uh, Zoom Bible studies with our middle school girls. She's also uh, been meeting on Saturdays for coffee with our high school girls and having uh, Bible study time.
time uh, with them. And so, uh, Megan, we wish you the best as you go to, um, go to Nashville. She's actually going to be going back to school, right? You're going to be going back to school and uh, pursuing uh, a degree in the medical field. I don't know if Kate wore off on you, you know, rubbed off on you a little bit. And you're going to be working in a hospital up there. Uh, but uh, thanks so much for being a part of our church family and uh, for the way in which you have poured not only yourself but God's Spirit into um, our, our young people. So real quick, a big hand for, for Megan and for the time that she has been uh, with us. Um, you know, in verse 25, uh, James gives us some practical ways to, to get into the Word. You know, he says we need to look into it, continue, and not, and not forgetting that. Um, and, and one of the things that, that I thought would be important for us to talk about it is just, again, why this is such a, um, why this is such a big deal. And, and Kate, I'll, I'll start with you because I know we've talked before within the YAC ministry. Um, you and Stephen, as you've been assisting him, you guys have talked about how that, you know, this is something you really want to focus on and that our, our young adults and college students want to focus in here because there's been a lack of, of just being able to, um, to have some Bible study together. I know that you're a part of a, um, a young lady's study that meets, I mean, is it Tuesday night? Is that right? Or Thursday. microphone? Thursday night, a little yeah. bit closer. Yeah, Thursday night. All right, so, but why is this an important thing for, uh, for young adults? Yeah, so I would say, like, studying scripture individually is really important. But for me, it's, like, incomparable to studying scripture within a community. And so in our ministry, we really focus on studying scripture together. And specifically with our girls' Bible study, um, I enjoy it so much because we, we meet weekly to wrestle through the Gospel of John. And so we ask, like, really hard questions. You know, we get uncomfortable. And sometimes we get upset because we don't understand. But through all of that, we work through it. And ultimately, like, the story of God is revealed to us. And through that, we are able to, like, adapt this new identity and understand more so, like, the why behind being a Christian. Like, why are we here? Why is it so important to bring the kingdom? So, yeah, that's... Well, I love that you guys are going through the Gospel of John. It's my favorite, it's my favorite gospel. And uh, as you read through and you discover that uh, truth is always associated in John's gospel with Jesus, that, that he is, you know, the truth. And, and so, Megan, I would like... Let, let me add on to what Kate was saying, but shift over to you for a minute because I think something important as you are studying, whether it's individually or collectively as a group, is to be able to say, all right, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be reading about the truth here. I need to expect him to meet me in Scripture. And when we go to the Word of God, expecting God to meet us there is a high priority, not just to open up to read some words, but actually thinking that we're going to hear from God. Is it on? Here you go. Okay, perfect. Um, what's your question? <laughs> the, the idea of being able, I, instead of asking a question, I, I knew that oh, we had yes. talked earlier about yes. the importance okay. of asking God to meet us. Yeah, so something that I like to start um, a lot of my readings with is just a short prayer, like Jesus, go before me in this text and make a way. Um, because I, you know, I believe that we need the grace of God even to uh, interpret scripture and understand what he's saying. And so um, I think it's just really important to be open and put ourselves in an open position for our hearts to be ready for the Lord to, um, to meet us there. And I think 
I think you can say like, oh, well, I expect God to show up in today. You could say like, oh, that sounds demanding. But I think it's really a statement of faith. Um, you're saying, no, like I, I expect God to move because he has said that he will. Well, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We need to expect that that king will be present as we are reading through, you know, reading through the words. And you talk about um, opening yourself up. Uh, Michael, I, as a father, I know there comes a time when you've got uh, kids who think, all right, um, they know it all, right? And, and, and dad doesn't really know anymore. You know, right, you're, you're, you're always wrong. But here's the danger that happens. As we get older, it can be easy for us to go to Scripture thinking that, you know what, we figured it all out. We don't really need, a, we don't really need much, right? If you don't mind, just speak for a minute to this idea of, of having a, a humble, penitent spirit when you go to the Bible and um, allowing that message to say, hey, is there something that I need to change? Even as a father, we still have to have that kind of mindset. Yeah, really, as, really, as, as I've noticed, as I've gotten older, I've become the slowest Bible reader ever. <laughs> because when we were kids, you were talking about what we were talking about earlier was that you started in January with Genesis. You went through, and the more you could memorize, you know, the more gold stars you got. Well, now it's basically just become the opposite, where I have looked at it and say, what is it now? I've probably been more humbled in the last 17 years with kids than I've ever had in my life. So I've had to approach one of my reading like that too. So that to say, okay, what are you here to teach me? And that's a great thing for all of us as we go through and look at scripture is this idea that we don't have to rush through, that we can sit and chew on certain passages, on certain uh, narrative. And I know that for a lot of us, we, we set up and we're like, okay, I got to read this much in January, February, March. And, I, and, and you hear about other people reading through their, their yearly Bible reading and somebody's ahead of me. And it's not a contest because it's all about getting the scripture in you. You're not trying to get through the scripture. You're trying to get the scripture through to you. And so it's okay if you take the time, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's okay if you're the slowest Bible reader. Your kids might say, well, dad's slow in a lot of things. Well, yeah. ha, ha, ha. But it's great to be slow when it comes to being able to you know, to read scripture and I, to... I felt like it's taught me more, mm -hmm. actually, to more reflection on it. Megan, what about the importance of, uh, of kind of focusing in on, on, one, on one thought that you just keep with you throughout the day and you keep coming back to it, maybe not just for the day, but for, before the week. Talk to you a little bit just about the importance of, of having a focused mind when it comes to what you're reading in scripture. Yeah, well, I think that whether we realize it or not, everything that we are and everything that we do flows from and through our theology. And so I think it's so important to have that, whether it's a verse or a word or an idea or whatever it is from Scripture, in our, the forefront of our minds through the day, acting almost like a filter for how, um, how we are and how we, um, what we do, um, because you know, it, it can filter through that idea and um, help us live out the word. And I think some easy ways to do that are like, you know, write it on your mirror in the bathroom or put it on a post-it note and put it in your car or on your desk or something like that. Well, Kate, you are about to go to med school and there's going to be a lot of things that you're going to have to memorize while, while you're there. I mean, you know that. I mean, you, you've heard about med school, right? I mean, you know, it's, yeah. It, it, just a little bit. Just a little bit. You know about it. Great. Um, well, one of the most important things that we can do when it comes to reading is the memorization of Scripture. But we're told to hide Scripture in our heart so that we would not sin against God. And what, uh, what I appreciate uh, in that what, again, that you guys are doing within our young adult ministry is, is trying to focus, 
focus each other on this idea of, look, it's not just about getting it into our head, but also into our heart so that a change uh, comes out. And uh, you know, if you would, just for a minute, you're about to leave and go off in the fall to med school. Talk about the fact going off to a different place and the importance of having scripture already memorized in order to help you be able to deal with the challenges that you're going to face there. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say like kind of talking about like hiding scripture in my heart. What that means to me is like having applications of scripture. So like memorizing verses and stuff that's really awesome. And I definitely have like Bible verses on my mirror too, by the way, Megan. But um, you know, like actually understanding scripture, understanding why these biblical characters behave the way that they do, like looking at Jesus and truly mirroring your heart after his um, it, it creates like a peace in me and knowing that like I have these applications to take with me through like different seasons of my life it gives me like a certain like like I said peace I'm like super calm and I'm not worried about the future because I know that like God's gonna walk through like life with me and he's going to be there sure go ahead um, <clears throat> I think one of the best ways that we see the importance of memorizing scripture is in the story of Jesus' temptation because each time he fought back with scripture. Right. And I don't think that he, you know, he obviously memorized that. He wasn't looking through his pocket Bible to look to fight back um, with, to the enemy. And so I think, you know, you know, how well would he have been able to fight back if he had not memorized those scriptures and had those ready? Uh, so I see it kind of just like, uh, almost like, you know, the more you memorize, or the more you read, you're kind of storing more in your, like, bookshelf of uh, resources ready when you're under attack. Um, you can pull from that that you have and, and use that in spiritual warfare or anything. Right. So the more and more we are in the Word, the more that Word gets into you, and then it metabolizes as, as, as we chew on it. Um, hey, Michael, I, I know our time's getting away, and we're going to uh, wrap, begin wrapping this up. But I want you to speak to the fact, because we've got a lot of parents who are out here, and we've got uh, kiddos also, just the importance of our kids being able to, to see us focused on spiritual things, uh, to see us in Bible study. Mm -hmm. I think really, as, as parents, and even as, as adults, it's the example that we set. I mean, it's easy to the, you know, like when I was growing up, probably saying, you were Chris, were you growing up, you know, the Bible bowl could be really easily of saying, you know, this is what this is, but then, you know, the minute we step out the doors, like you were saying earlier, it's a different world. And so it's to take those lessons, that wisdom, and I always just, I picture the Bible to me as just wisdom, as in what I can do is outside, when I walk outside, and then how we're presenting to our children, how we as parents are even presenting to other parents in our daily lives. Well, and I know this is something where, uh, you know, as I was preparing this lesson, realized that, uh, you know, my kids um, have kind of grown up with me uh, knowing that I read the Bible because, I mean, I, I do these lessons, right, and everything, but most of my Bible reading takes place at the office uh, and not necessarily at, at, at home because I have that, that ability. But what I've done, I, I feel like that I have, I have shorted that opportunity for my kids to be able to see that, to know that it's more than just a job. Uh, and I hope they've been able to see that in other ways, but... 
Um, but, but I know that, that I, have, I need to do better with that. And I, because of the legacy I mentioned at the beginning of the message that I saw from, from my parents, from my grandmother, and that needs to continue to be passed down, that our kids are able to watch and see and know that mom and dad take seriously the idea of getting into, getting into the word. Um, guys, thanks. I know it's just been a really quick time, and it was um, uh, great for you to agree to come. And just, just to share, just wanted people to hear a little bit different perspective of things when it comes to studying God's Word uh, together. And so I, um, I thank you so much for, um, for doing that and for, for being here with us. Um, and again, thank you so much for those of you who are here, for those who are uh, watching. Uh, let's close out our time, again, giving thanks to God, and we hope you have a great week. Father, again, we say thank you for uh, the messages of Scripture because you reveal yourself to us there and it is there where, where we discover the salvation that is offered through Jesus. I pray that it would not just be something that we rush through, that it would not just be something that we, we do out of a task, but, Father, that we would get into your word to chew, uh, to digest, so that we would truly be able to be changed through your Spirit. We thank you for... Uh, those who have come before us who have demonstrated what it means to be students of your word. May we continue that legacy in all that we do. And may we live our lives to bring honor and glory to you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Guys, thanks so much. Oh wait, hang on. No, you can't leave. I missed something that was in my notes that I was supposed to tell. And I need to apologize right now online to Garrett and Melissa Mitchell. I am so sorry because all of this was to set up something. Uh, Garrett and Melissa are a couple that we have a part of our church family, and they have a Bible study podcast that they have that is available. It's going to be on our website. You can go to our website under podcast. Not only can you get the messages that we have here that I teach, but you can also hear from a husband and wife as they walk through Scripture. I know uh, many of our teens and our yaks have been in the part of their Bible studies in their homes. Um, they were not able to be with us on stage uh, today, but I'd already spoken with them and I already had it in my notes to make sure you knew about it. So go online, check out their podcast, and now have a great week. See you guys.